When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for a Friday episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast, and we are gearing up for the playoffs, baby. That is right. No one thought it was possible. No one thought that the Steelers would be here, yet here we are on Friday with Sunday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. The Steelers and Chiefs will kick off at Arrowhead and it is going to be electric. I don't care what the media say. I don't care what some fans say. I care that the Steelers are in the dance. That's what's matter. That's what matters and that's what should always matter for the Pittsburgh Steelers faithful. But before we get too far into this thing and there's a lot that I want to cover. Blue check backs coming on in the second half. We've got the heart to heart at the end of the show. Make sure you stay tuned for all of that. Before we get into the meat and potatoes as I call it. I want to make sure you, I mentioned BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. All things Pittsburgh Steelers. So make sure you get there for your latest breaking news, uh, injury report updates. We've got the breaking news with the Juju Smith-Schuster coming back. We're going to talk about him. Film rooms, you name it, we've got it right there. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers. Search Behind the Steel Curtain. I don't care if it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, you name it. Find us, subscribe, follow, and give us a good rating on Spotify. We've got over 154. Uh, we've got 154, I think, ratings right now. We want to get that up. I'd love to have it up over 200 before the game kicks off. 
this Sunday night. So I'd love to get that there. We have a five-star rating. I appreciate it. And also on Apple Podcasts. That's where most of you are listening, by the way, on Apple Podcasts. So make sure you go out there and give us a five-star. Give us a good rating, good review. We appreciate it. All right. As you know, on Fridays, everyone that listens to my podcast knows this, on Fridays we do random thoughts. I do random thoughts about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and these are ones that are just completely off the top of my head, things that come to my mind, whether I'm driving, whether I'm doing yard work, whether I'm around the house, doesn't matter. I'm always thinking about the Steelers and possible angles here when it comes to my podcast. So today, I'm sorry, Thursday, the big news that happened was Juju Smith-Schuster was brought off of injured reserve and started practicing. Now, in in case you don't know, that just means that Juju Smith-Schuster is eligible to be activated off of injured reserve at any time. He has a 21-day window to start that. They could do it this Sunday, or they could not do it this Sunday and basically wait until later. There might not be a later, but that's the option the Steelers have. I do want to make sure people understand something. The fans out there that are clamoring for Juju to return, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm also not holding my breath that it happens, and here's why. The Steelers have had several players come off of injured reserve already this season. We're talking about Zach Banner, Anthony McFarland, Carlos Davis, uh, and, and many others, Kevin Dotson even. When they came off injured reserve, not one of those players was ever activated the first week. Now, not every team does this. So if you remember when the Tennessee Titans came to Heinz Field, Bud Dupree was activated off off of IR, and he played that Sunday against Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. The Steelers haven't done it yet. So a lot of folks are wondering, well, why would they have him practice if they have no plans of him playing? Well, they have to see what he's capable of doing. You can simulate a practice setting, but you don't know until you actually get out there. So I don't blame the Steelers for putting Juju Smith-Schuster out there in a practice setting. My question and my concern is, is this a little bit of just gamesmanship between Mike Tomlin and Andy Reid and the Chiefs defense, or is this a, we have a legitimate shot at bringing him back? And then the next part of this whole talk talking point with Juju Smith-Schuster is, if he comes back, what is the ripple effect there? What is the ripple effect of having him inserted into the lineup, inserted into the offense? For instance, I'm going to ask Michael Beck about this in the second part of the show. Well, what do you do with James Washington, who just came off the reserve COVID list? Does he even get a helmet? What happens with Ray Ray McLeod, who's become one of Ben Roethlisberger's favorite targets? Whether you like it or not, that's just fact. And then you, you think about the offense in and of itself. Would this hinder someone like Pat Fryermuth, who we don't we know he hasn't become a focal point of the offense, but he should be more of a focal point. And I have a fear that if Juju Smith Schuster comes back, suddenly Pat Fryermuth, the limited passes he's seeing he's not even going to get those it's interesting it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out the Steelers don't have to make any type of move until probably Saturday so by Saturday at four o'clock that's when four o'clock p.m. eastern time is when that that is the the day is over in terms of NFL moves and transactions you will know by then whether Juju Smith-Schuster is back or not and that's going to be fun to watch next I, I had I was scrolling through Twitter And Twitter can be a wasteland at times, but I saw that someone shared uh, someone, I think it was NFL.com, ranked all 14 quarterbacks in the playoffs, both AFC and NFC. Guess where Ben Roethlisberger ranked? (laughs) You got it. 14th out of 14. 
That means that they had players like Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, and even rookie Mac Jones of the New England Patriots ahead of the guy that's won two Super Bowls and been to three. Now, look, I'm not here to try and tell you, uh, or I'm not trying to tell you that Ben's better than what he is. I'm not trying to put lipstick on a pig, as they say. But for me, I look at this and I say, well, Ben Roethlisberger might not be perfect, but to me, he certainly deserves a little bit of respect here. Ben is one of those guys that he certainly will say that he doesn't read things, say that he doesn't hear things like uh, whether it's ESPN or Good Morning or Wake Up Football, whatever that stupid show is. It doesn't matter. He always says, I don't read that stuff. I don't read the papers. Liar, 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 liar. He's lying out of his teeth. The dude does read the, the, the things because he brings it up. When he does something that everyone said he couldn't do, he always brings it up and says, well, you all said this or they said this. He knows this stuff. He sees this stuff. Hopefully it's a little extra motivation for number seven in his last playoff run. Speaking of Roethlisberger, a lot of fans had some concerning, I guess they were concerned, we'll put it that way. They were concerned about Ben Roethlisberger's comments when he met with the media on Wednesday. Not so much that he threw a teammate under the bus or anything like that, but his comments about, well, you know, we're probably 20-point underdogs, and so we can't win. We'll just go out there and have some fun and see what happens. I mean, I play, people were putting that on memes and putting it out there. They were doing graphics and throwing them up on Facebook and Twitter and all this Instagram, when in reality, people don't realize that are outside the Steelers fan base, and there's even some fans that don't get it either. Those comments were completely tongue-in-cheek. Ben Roethlisberger is a pretty dry, sarcastic guy. He has a sense of humor a lot like mine. You can just tell. And that is that he's going to say, well, you know, the media, he hears what the media is saying, like I just said. And he's probably thinking, oh, they're not giving us a chance anyway, so why would he even show up? I mean, I guess, what's the point? Like, why would? Why are we here? What are we doing? Like, this is stupid. We're not going to win, so we'll just go out there and have some fun. And some fans are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he said that. When in reality, what he's saying is no one's giving us a shot. So, okay, you don't think we're going to win? All right, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And my buddy Chris Carter, good friend Chris Carter, he put it out there, and I agree 100%. Put it out on Twitter. He said, typically, when you get that snarky Ben Roethlisberger, he knows something. He feels good about something. And I agree. Now, does that mean that it's going to equate to a win? I hope so. But I agree with Chris. Chris is a guy that we we very much see the Steelers in the same wavelength. And I, when I heard those comments, I got fired up because that tells me that Roethlisberger, he is really, really motivated more so than usual to go out there and have a good game. So if you're someone that was like, whoa, what's Ben talking about? Pump the brakes. He knows what he's doing. You should know what he's doing as well, but that's what he's doing. Next, I want to talk about TJ Watt. So TJ Watt, remember last time in, in week 16, the 36-10 Steelers lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. And T.J. Watt was a shell of himself. He was coming off, I think, those cracked ribs. And it was it was bad. He, you could just tell he wasn't comfortable. You could tell he wasn't moving well. And so when you had that situation, I think that these, these Chiefs fans especially kind of have a false sense of security about T.J. Watt coming to Arrowhead. T.J. Watt healthy and T.J. Watt banged up are two completely different things. That's been 
talked about ad nauseum on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com by both Dave Schofield, Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey Benedict has been saying it since the start of the season, that when TJ Watt is healthy and in the lineup, the Steelers have a legit shot to win, and they win more games than they lose. That is fact. That's not opinion. That is fact. And so now, TJ Watt, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think he's healthy. And I think that if you look at the last two weeks, he's been pretty dynamic, especially on Monday Night Football against Baker Mayfield. So now he goes up against, I don't know, they're not the best offensive line, but you better believe that he's going to have Patrick Mahomes moving around in that backfield. Again, one thing doesn't always lead to the other. If TJ Watt's making Patrick Mahomes move around and he's not hitting him, that does not equate to success for the Steelers. But if TJ Watt's getting to the quarterback and hitting Patrick Mahomes, even if it's as he's throwing, yeah, you want those dynamic sacks, strip fumbles, stuff like that. You want those plays. But I don't think that at this stage of the game, TJ Watt, and especially early on, doesn't need those plays. He needs Patrick Mahomes thinking every single time he drops back, where's 90? Where is he? Where's he coming from? Is he, is he going to be coming, for instance, if the tackle pushes T.J. Watt up the arc, is T.J. Watt going to be coming around the backside, stripping the ball? If the quarterback has to think about him, he doesn't have as much time to think about everything else. It starts with Watt. We'll talk about the keys to victory, but my goodness, T.J. Watt has to have a huge game, and I've been listening to some to some snippets of some uh the arrowhead pride podcast which is the sb nation version of behind the steel curtain they've covered the chiefs obviously and there's a lot of people out there that think like oh well they'll be fine with tj watt because they did fine in in week 16 against him well he wasn't healthy so you might want to pump the brakes there just want to say that and lastly Najee harris has not practiced yet you know that this runs friday morning as of thursday he had not practiced yet this week that's a big issue it's a big issue. Now, Mike Tomlin set the stage for this. He said that that elbow injury could have him kind of hindered in the early portions of the week. He's going to practice on Friday. Mike Tomlin spoke with the media briefly after practice Thursday and said just that, that they'll give him uh, they'll get him on practice on Friday. I don't think that that is a bad thing. Like, I don't think if Najee Harris only practices on Friday, somehow people are like, oh, he's a rookie. The dude has logged a ton of minutes. He knows what's going on at this stage. Now, he's not a... Whether he practiced one day or three days doesn't matter. It's his first ever playoff game. Eh, there's going to be nerves. My concern isn't with Najee's conditioning. It's not with his preparedness. It's not with his overall readiness. My concern is can he both withstand a hit, can he protect himself, and can he protect the football? Those are my concerns with that elbow injury. There is a reason that when he is injured in the first quarter, he was not reinserted into the game until the fourth quarter. And they were concerned about him carrying the football. You saw it against Baltimore. There were a couple runs where he had to string it out, and usually you would see the stiff arm to create space. He just wasn't able to do it. That worries me because you get defenders, especially those defensive backs that are so fast, then they know that you can't use your arm to keep them away. They're going to cut your legs out from under you every single time. And so Najee Harris, if he's going to play, which I do think he will, he's going to have to be prepared for that. He's going to have to be prepared for that. Don't be shocked if he has to leave his feet a little bit more, if he's in the open field. But Najee Harris, they need him, and they need him to be capable. At this stage, I don't think healthy is going to be a word that we use with him because this elbow injury is its a pretty significant injury. 
but he has to be capable. He can be capable to pick up the blitz, catch the football, run the football, protect yourself and the ball, get him in the game, get him his touches, he'll be just fine. All right, let's talk about the things on offense and defense the Steelers need to do. And normally I go back to last week. I'm not doing that. This is the playoffs. This is one game, one focus. The Steelers and the fans are focused solely on this upcoming game. So on offense, I wanted to be more specific on both sides of the ball. On offense, the Steelers early in the game have to utilize the middle of the field and take some shots. They cannot just sit there and think that, okay, we're just going to, you know, do what we do and we're going to have like those couple quick little passes and we're going to try to run it on second and 10 and not gain maybe more than two yards and it's going to set up a horrible situation. We all know what this is about. What I'm saying is they need to get someone like Pat Fryermuth involved. They need to get, if it's someone like Juju Smith-Schuster, get him involved if he's healthy enough to play and they play him. They need to get take some shots down the field, even if it's incomplete. Take some shots down the field if you see one-on-one coverage on either side. Take a shot. Why? They have to show the Chiefs that they're willing to do it. They haven't necessarily done it a lot, so use the middle of the field. Take some shots early. Next, they have to run the ball. And that Najee Harris injury I just talked about, we're, we're going to be talking about this a lot as we progress on closer to this game. But running the football is going to be huge. And I, I think this is something that needs to be said. They don't have to rush for 188 yards or 190 as a team like they did against Cleveland. Give me around 100, and I think the Steelers will be able to be a balanced offense. They won't have to worry about you know the, the Chiefs pinning their ears back. They need to establish the run. That's huge. And then lastly, I've been saying it forever, and it's because it's always on the – it should be the forefront of everyone's mind, and that is protect the football. The Steelers can't turn it over. They turned it over three times the last time they were at Arrowhead. They just can't do that. They need to uh, protect the football. If they can do those things, use the middle of the field and take some shots early, run the football, and then protect the ball – I like the Steelers to be able to actually move the ball on this Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense gives up a lot of yards, but they definitely do tighten up in the red zone. The Steelers are going to have to convert there. If I was going to do a fourth key, that's it. they got to convert touchdowns. Go to the defensive side. We need as fans to see a a Devin Bush renaissance. And I'm not expecting pre-ACL injury Devin Bush to just magically show up. But I want to see him show up. I want to see him showing that he can cover the running backs out of the backfield. That if it's a Travis Kelsey pass in the flat and they connect, he's taking him down. He's tackling the catch. We need to see Devin Bush have the game of his season in Arrowhead on Sunday in the wild card round. That's what the Steelers fan base needs to see. That's the renaissance I'm talking about. If Devin Bush can have his best game yet in the biggest game yet, that would be a huge boost because they have had Really bad inside linebacker play, so hopefully Devin Bush has a good game. Next, they have to take it away. I just mentioned the Steelers the last time they were in Kansas City. They gave it away three times and took it away zero. If they get a Kella Witherspoon out there, this will be interesting to watch in the defensive backs. They've been putting a Kella Witherspoon out there, and Joe Hayden has not been playing all the time. He comes in and dime. be interested to see how they handle that. A Kella Witherspoon has been getting his hands on the ball. Not always taking it away, but he's past defenses. He's been making plays. Get him out there, and they, if they can get some turnovers, that would be huge. And lastly, talked about T.J. Watt in my random thoughts. Here's where it comes up. 
The Steelers have to pressure Mahomes without blitzing. That's the key. Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, and and uh, TJ Watt are going to have to win their matchups. They're going to have to get after Mahomes. They're going to have to hit him, rattle him, and make him think. Week 16, he was way too comfortable in that pocket. That can't happen again, not if the Steelers want to pull off one of the biggest upsets in recent NFL playoff history. So there you have it on defense. A, De- a Devin Bush renaissance, take the ball away on defense, and then lastly, pressure without having to blitz. When we come back after this break, we're going to have Blue Check back on Michael Beck. And stay tuned after that for a heart-to-heart. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, and joining me as always every Friday, our favorite Canadian, Michael Beck, Blue Check Beck. What's up, Michael? How's it going? I'm just happy to know I moved past Mitch Berger as a favorite Canadian. <laughs> I, I know I know Chase Claypool's hit took a bit of a, a dip this season, but uh, I, know I, I really appreciate the move up the power rankings. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm good, and I think Sean Sweesham, isn't he Canadian? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's up there above Claypool right now. So, I mean, yeah, you're in rarefied <laughs> air. We'll put it that way. Um, so, Michael, I have a question for you as someone that is openly a roller coaster fan, meaning <laughs> like, you're yeah. up and down. Like, you literally are just, he's up, he's down, he's up, and that's fine. That's who you are. I still appreciate fans like yourself. What do you think is that? I, I don't want to do this. A lot of times fans, like once the Steelers make the postseason, everything about the regular season just gets washed away. And rightfully so. It's a new season. It's one single elimination tournament, as Mike Tomlin calls it. When you look back on this season, like what are you taking away from this, if, if anything? Well, I mean, first of all, I don't know if I'm necessarily like typically the roller coaster fan, but just because this team is a <laughs> roller coaster team, it, it, it's impossible to get a gauge and just ride the train because when they're good, they've been really good. But then when they're bad, they've been flat out awful. And I, I still don't even think the Steelers are really a team in between. It's like whatever mood they wake up in, like uh, on any given day. But re- really, for the season as a whole, of course, uh, it, it kind of went through waves of the team struggling and having success and back and forth, like I mentioned before. And I think that's really some of the things I'm going to remember the most. Aside from that, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's last year, of course, and we can all be adults about it. Like he was not very good this year. We, we can be real. It definitely wasn't the best quarterback play. Uh, and like statistically and just on tape, it, it's kind of proven. But aside from that, also TJ Watt going off, uh, having one of the best seasons uh, defensive players ever had in the history of the sport as well. It, those are kind of the, the two big things. But I guess moving into this game, uh, there's going to have to be some guys that step up if the Steelers want to be successful in the playoffs. For sure. For sure. 
Before we get to this upcoming game against the Chiefs at Arrowhead in the wild card round, it's been a while since they played in the wild card round at two, I think, but it's still, I want to get your thoughts on the Sunday night game in week 18. Uh, I kind of gave my take on everything on Wednesday on my Let's Ride podcast, what I was thinking watching that game. I'm assuming you watched it, Michael, but what were, what was going through your head as you're watching the 15-point lead evaporate with about five minutes left and then overtime? So thankfully, being on the West Coast, I, uh, I was able to stay up no problem for the end of that game, uh, which concluded around like 9.30 uh, local time, I think it was. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, watching that lead evaporate. And that like really what sticks to me most is when uh, the Raiders got the ball the second time in overtime. And they just started handing the football off. I just put my hands or my face in my hands. And I just I just sat there like, wow, this is really how it's going to go out. Like, I, I just remember watching the game and being like, they're, they're actually playing for the tie now. Like, the, the Steelers are going to be out because of this. And just being shocked, like, it, it was really one of the craziest Sundays uh, in NFL history, especially for the final week of the year. And especially with all the pressure and all, all the stuff the Steelers needed to go right. The fact that the Jaguars absolutely demolished the Colts and the Steelers won in overtime over the Ravens, like if that wasn't like just heart-wrenching enough, that game going to overtime, needing the final second of the game to conclude with a victor, that, that was all that was almost too much on the heart of a Steelers fan. <laughs> yeah, that that roller coaster was unreal. Like I I one of my favorite games of all time, Super Bowl 43. Uh, I remember being nervous uh, for like that that last drive after Larry Fitzgerald scored a touchdown, just like how I felt then. To me, that's kind of what it felt like, but like stretched out over like 12 hours. It was just, it was hard to get through Sunday. It was, it was a challenge and everything, it, it was the highest of the high and the lowest of the lows and then the highest of the high again. If you use the Super Bowl 43. I'll use the divisional game against the Colts in 2005 as a perfect example for me. It was a, okay, I'm not sure if this is going to work out the way we want it to. It's going to work out the way you want it to. Oh my gosh, Jerome Bettis fumbles. This is obviously the Sunday night game. I feel like I'm going to vomit. And then everything works out in the end. So that was kind of <laughs> the comparison for me. But let's talk about this upcoming game. This deserves our attention. And before we talk about the Chiefs at all, I want to get your thoughts on Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, for the folks that don't know, it means you don't read BehindTheSteelCurtain.com because we had this news as soon as it broke on the website on Thursday. Juju returns to practice. Now, he's still on his reserve, but they started that 21-day clock. I have to say this, and I said it in the first half, that if he plays on Sunday, he would be the first and only player for the Steelers to play the first week they have their clock started. My first question for you, Michael, was do you think he's going to play? And if that answer is yes, what impact do you think he'll have on this offense? Yeah, really, this is the million-dollar question, and I I probably would have told you no until the tweets uh, from uh, some NFL network writers suggested he has a shot, and then Deontay Johnson in his press conference saying Juju looked like himself from before he hurt his shoulder. So I think he is going to play, surprisingly. Um, and even if he doesn't, I, I think that would be a, a great um, kind of a mind game tactic to, to go into this one, uh, make the Chiefs believe he's going to play so that the game plan for one whole other factor. But I, I feel like he does end up playing in this game. And I'm going to have an article on this on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com possibly dropping on Friday here about uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, what he could bring to the offense. And I feel like it goes one of two ways because if you remember between weeks one and five, 
Juju was a non-factor in this offense. The Steelers did not use him. He had, what, 13 receptions and 129 yards, zero touchdowns in five weeks. He was a, a non-factor for this offense. But what leads me to believe he could it could be different now is if he plays that Ray Ray McLeod role. And that obviously would be contingent on his ability to actually play a, a full football game coming off the injured reserve in three months of uh, rehab. If he's able to do that, I wouldn't be surprised if he had 10-plus targets um, and something like 50 yards. But um, because of his size, because of his physicality, and because of him just flat-out being the best blocking receiver on the Steelers roster, I feel like he would have a very solid impact. He'd have a sol- solid impact on, on uh, just those, those crossing routes as a blocker, just getting uh, guys like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool free on screen passes. You name it, I, I think he would have a very solid impact on this offense, especially because his hands are clearly the most reliable as Deontay Johnson starting to go through a, a little bit of a drop problem himself again. So I, I think it would be huge for this team if Juju was available to actually play in this game. So um, if, if he's if he's close enough to go and he can play a full game, I, I would definitely try to find a way to squeeze him in the lineup. I'm fine with him playing if he's cleared. But for me, I don't want his re-entry into the lineup to potentially hinder what I think could be someone like Pat Fryermuth impacting the game. And we saw that early on, but Pat Fryermuth, and when Juju was playing, he was still, I mean, he's as green as they get as a rookie. You're not expecting much out of him. Now I think you can see what kind of mismatches he can bring to the, the offense if they choose to ever use him the way that we know that, that he's capable, meaning over the middle, down the seam. I think that's how the Steelers have to operate this Sunday night in Kansas city, they have to be able to throw the ball down the field and not just outside the numbers. But I want to ask you this next follow-up question. James Washington just came off the reserve COVID-19 list. If Juju Smith-Schuster is active, you think James Washington gets a helmet? Wow. You know what? That's a, that's a tough question. Um, obviously I think Cody white would come out of the lineup uh, as one of the receivers uh, for, for either uh, Washington or Smith-Schuster. Uh, but if they're both good to go and really considering his usage, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't. Um, it, it, it's tough. Uh, like where else can the Steelers afford to trim a guy to fit uh, James Washington into the lineup? Uh, like at, at tight end, like they're, they're not bringing any less than what they have. I suppose they could trim a running back because it's really the Najee Harris show. But then again, Najee Harris, he is banged up himself, pretty much not practicing probably until Friday. Um, so again, it just seems like another spot you can't afford to leave someone uh, off the uh, active roster. So that really is a tough question because there really isn't any other spot the Steelers can afford to trim guys right now with some of the injury and depth concerns that this team already has. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington didn't go. And then that would be one of the things of this season. Why didn't the Steelers trade him at the end of training camp? I know that's a conversation for another day, but boy, oh boy. He was not used at all this year. No, he was not. And I don't think he really plays special teams too much anymore. So to me, in that aspect, I think Cody White brings more value because he does play special teams and he can block. They'll put him out there to block. He's, I think, one of the Steelers' better blocking receivers, uh, to be honest with you. That's not, you know, like a Juju Smith Schuster, but still, that that's going to be, and maybe this is just, just gamesmanship. Maybe this is the Steelers just toying with Andy Reid and company and saying, hey, you know, we might play him here. 
But I want to also bring up the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Their Thursday injury report was rather interesting. Uh, you saw uh, Edward Tolaire, who suffered a shoulder injury against the Steelers in Week 16. He practiced on Wednesday, but then didn't practice on Thursday. And then also, you had Tyree Kill with a heel injury. I believe he was a full participant Wednesday and downgraded to limited on Thursday. What are your thoughts about the Chiefs, their injuries? Because we know about Najee Harris. It's really the only injury of note for the Steelers going into this game. What are your thoughts on the Kansas City side of things? I would be more excited about these injuries. Like, oh, obviously you, you don't want anyone to be hurt, but like as someone who wants their team to win this game, I feel like it'd be more like uh, excited about the potential of these guys missing the game. If Byron Pringle didn't kill the Steelers in week 16, um, it, it just seemed like whenever Kansas City was down a body uh, in that game, the depth guy just stepped up and absolutely torched the defense, which which was just really tough to see. If, if Tyreek Hill's limited and it just kind of eats up another uh, uh, a roster spot and he's still – he's not 100%, but he's able to play in some capacity, sure, I, that helps a team. But um, in, in another sense, the Steelers – on the ground have been kind of killed this year by a team just running the football straight up the gut. So if uh, Edwards Hilaire isn't able to play, maybe the chiefs would be a little less inclined to try to turn around and hand the football off and then forced uh, Patrick Mahomes to throw the football, which of course, if you're a chiefs fan, you're like, of course we want Patrick Mahomes to throw the football, but the Steelers defense is going to be its best when it's getting sacks and forcing turnovers. And that, that really only happens when teams have been throwing the football. So the Steelers defense is at its best when the quarterbacks is under duress. So, if they're not running the football, it's better off for the Steelers' odds to win this game. Yeah, let, I want to break this thing down, and this is something we haven't done a lot on this show because there's so much to talk about typically, but you know, th- we're singularly focused, as Mike Tomlin would say. And so I want to ask you, what's the biggest key for the Steelers' offense going against the Chiefs' defense? This is a preview that I wrote on Thursday for the website. Dave Schofield is writing one that flips the script, and it's the uh, Chiefs' offense versus the Steelers' defense that will run on Friday. But so when you're looking at this upcoming matchup with the Steelers offense struggling to score points and really achieves defense that is kind of struggling in its own right, they've given up a lot of points in recent weeks. What are your thoughts? What needs to happen on offense for the Steelers to be able to actually put up points? I'm not saying 30, but they've got to be able to try and match score for score with the Chiefs when they do get a run. What do you think? Well, I think what we've kind of learned from this team is its offense, this offense is at its best when the run game is actually effective. Uh, we don't need Najee Harris to have a 200-yard rushing day. Sure, it'd be really nice. I- I'd tell you the Steelers probably won the game if that's exactly what he puts on tape. But if if he's uh, consistently moving the sticks, and then Ben Roethlisberger, when it's those possession-type downs, third medium, third longs, is actually willing to throw the ball past the sticks, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think those those are the two main factors here is being able to run the football and then Ben Roethlisberger having a little bit of confidence in his arm to work the ball down the field and not not just careless throws past the sticks, but no more like how much it's played this team, just the throws at the uh, line of scrimmage on third down. They can't really afford to do that in this game. They need to maintain drives. They need to make this game gritty and ugly, I believe is what Bill Cower said uh, this week. But uh, they need to run the football. And Ben needs to be effective. And really, I think another side to this as well is the Steelers have nothing to lose. They should just be hyper-aggressive. They should be more willing to go for it on those fourth down situations when it's actually reasonable to go for it. Uh, they should be more willing to throw in trick plays and just do things 
that uh, a team that has nothing to lose should do. I, I don't want them to just ro- roll into this game thinking it, it just is another game. No, they're an extreme underdog that no one's going to bat an eye if they lose this game, but the, the world it might call it the biggest upset in playoff history. But it, it, might, it probably isn't uh, if they do win it, but that's probably what the storyline is going to be. So I want them to be able to run the football, Ben throw the ball, like pass the sticks on possession downs, and then just be, be aggressive, more aggressive than you typically have been, because why not? Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. I think the Steelers can actually move the ball on the Chiefs defense. The question is in the red zone. And this is something Dave Schofield pointed out on the Stat Geek podcast. And that is that the Chiefs have been giving up yards, but not necessarily points. They're going to have to convert in the red zone. That's going to be huge. I want to go to the other side of the ball now, the Steelers defense. I think this is the biggest matchup for so many reasons. When you think about the, the challenge that is defending Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Edwards Hilaire, if he's playing, you throw in Hardman, Pringle, just, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the head of the snake. What do you think about the Steelers defense? How would you approach trying to slow down, not stop, slow down this Chiefs offense? Yeah, it's so tough because the Steelers have struggled so much with the ball on the ground. A lot of this is going to be reliant of the Steelers being able to perhaps actually build a lead, which is, of course, something they struggled with early in games. The Steelers have kind of been built on coming back late in football games, but defensively I think the formula with Patrick Mahomes is it was kind of apparent in the Super Bowl and basically all his losses you got to beat him up you got to hit him T.J. Watt of course that first game against the Chiefs was playing through cracked ribs and was a shell of himself Um, the rest of the defense just wasn't very impressive in that game at all they weren't able to hunt Patrick Mahomes like they have been all year round so they need to rattle him they need to beat him up they need to make him know this is playoff football and uh, really, they just need to live in that backfield and just, again, make his life miserable. If they're able to do that, they'll force him into more turnovers. And really, I, that's the name of the game for this defense is sacks and turnovers. They need to just be able to do those two very important things, the, the biggest keys in in defense today. They just need to be able to do that if they want to win this game. Getting those extra possessions and even even just a potential short field. I mean, think about the the rare occurrence in week 16 that was a three and out or even a punt. I don't think the, the Chiefs punted until the third or fourth quarter. And that is not only taxing on the defense, but you're forcing the offense, which we know has its has its warts to drive the length of the field. That's very tough. They need those short fields. Think about Tennessee when they beat the Titans at Heinz Field. They needed every one of those turnovers because it set him up almost in scoring position, almost already in Chris Boswell's field goal range, taking the ball away, getting some third down, having some third down success will be absolutely huge. All right, we're going to talk about this game more, but Michael, you ready for some NFL picks for the wild card round? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. We're starting off Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. The Las Vegas Raiders, who were the ones that sent the Steelers to the playoffs by beating the Chargers on Sunday night, they go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bengals at home as AFC North champions are giving five and a half points. What do you think about this one, Michael? This is a tough pick for me. Really, they're all tough picks. I don't love the spread in a lot of these games, and I feel like the underdogs are going to cover often but not win. And I think in, in this case, that's exactly what's going to happen. I think Vegas covers the spread, that, that five and a half that we got, but I think Cincinnati ultimately wins this game. I feel like it's a three-point game. Give me the Raiders, but I think Cincy wins. I'm actually going to take the Bengals minus five and a half at home. I think they're a really good team. I hope they lose. 
Um, I saw a statistic the other day on, on Twitter. I think Ramon Foster shared it. It was, it said that there's never been a text message sent on this planet about a Bengals playoff win. Why? Because their last playoff win was a 91 and the first recorded text message via cellular device was in 1992. Like think about how cool that is. I want to keep that going, but I think the Bengals win this game unless it's a backdoor cover, which I could see maybe the Raiders get a junk touchdown at the end of the game. I have the Bengals winning. Uh, so I hope I'm wrong, but that's just where I'm leaning right now at eight 15 on Saturday, the new England Patriots go to the Buffalo bills and AFC East rematch. The new England Patriots are getting four points. Another tough pick, Michael, what do you think? Oh, brutal pick. Um, but for whatever reason, I just have a feeling the Bills take care of business in this one. Uh, maybe it's just that rookie quarterback in Mac Jones that it might just be a little too big, a little too soon for this team. So I'm going to ride with the Bills, who have a little bit more playoff experience, this core, that is. So give me the Bills minus the extra points. I, I kind of have a feeling they take care of uh, business in this one. In Buffalo, the, the Buffalo Bills now have some playoff experience the last few years. You got to like Josh Allen over Mac Jones. I'm going to go with the Bills as well, giving four points. Now let's go to Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Philadelphia Eagles go down to Tampa Bay Tampa Bay to play the Super Bowl champion, defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. Tampa Bay's giving eight and a half. Now, Philly, they didn't really have to play much in Week 18. Jalen Hurts was giving the game off. I think we all agree that Tampa Bay is probably going to win, but is there any way Philly keeps it close enough to cover that eight and a half? Uh, this is again, like off the top, I said, I feel like this is another game where, where the dog covers the spread but loses the game. Tampa still has its warts. I, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. They, they could still go on a run. I, like, don't get me wrong, but uh, I think Philadelphia has enough in the tank here to make it interesting. Of course, uh, the Bucs have had to deal with this stupid Antonio Brown stuff, uh, which uh, us Steeler fans know all too well about uh, over the years, but. Uh, there's distractions in that Bucks locker room. I, I feel like Philly does enough to make things interesting, but ultimately Tampa Bay wins. I think Philly plus eight and a half. I like it. Tampa Bay wins, but I think Philly keeps it close. And again, might be another one of those backdoor covers, but still I like Philly plus eight and a half Sunday at four 30, the San Francisco 49ers go to the Dallas Cowboys. What a classic NFC NFL matchup between the Niners and the Cowboys. It just reminds me of, you know, those classic matchups in the late 80s and 90s. But still, the 49ers are getting three and a half on the road. Really tough game to pick. What do you think? It is a tough game. But ultimately, I feel like Dallas probably wins this one by a full touchdown. Uh, San Fran has more works than the Cowboys do this year. Uh, I think uh, they've won some games that they shouldn't have, uh, that being the 49ers. And Dallas's offense is pretty dang high power. Uh, it, unless Debo Samuel absolutely goes off, which we know he's able to do in the, in the 49ers front, is able to uh, ruin uh, Prescott's day. I feel like the Cowboys take care of business in this one and win by more than three and a half points. So give me Dallas minus the points. I'm going with San Francisco getting three and a half. Mm. I feel like the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball on Dallas. That's going to be the key. If they can get the running game going, keeps Dak Prescott in that offense on the sideline, um, I don't know. San Francisco's got a little mojo going. Dallas doesn't seem to have what they once did. The tough matchup for Dallas in the first round. I'm going to take the 49ers. All right, we'll get to that Steeler game in a second. Let's go to Monday night. I hate that they have a Monday night game. These two <laughs> yeah. teams are going to get screwed either way. The NFL doesn't care. Uh, Arizona in Los Angeles to play the Rams. The Arizona Cardinals, who definitely did 
kind of fall off at the end of the season are getting four points. Is there any way that Arizona finds a way to beat Matthew Stafford in his first year with the Rams? Again, this is going to be another game, especially because it's a divisional game where I I do believe the, uh, the Rams will end up winning, but the win by field goal. So I think Arizona covers the spread plus four is just a little too rich for my blood. So I got the Rams winning this game, but give me the Cardinals plus four. I've got Arizona plus four, and I would actually consider putting them on the money line because I just don't believe in Matthew Stafford. I think that what looked so promising at the beginning of the year has just, you watch them and they look like a shell of what they were. I remember you waxing poetic about how much you love the Rams. Yeah. I don't feel that way anymore. And I thought they were fun to watch. I just don't feel like they're that. I don't know. There's just something missing there, but Arizona struggling too, but I'm going to take the Cardinals getting four. Let's go to the Sunday night game. The game we all care about the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting 13 points. This is according to tally site where we put in our picks every week at the behind the steel curtain staff picks. They're getting 13 points on the road here with an over under 46 and a half. Michael, what do you see here? And what's your score prediction? Yeah, honestly, I've seen a number of people already say this. It's the playoffs. 13 points is ridiculous, and they feel like it's stealing money. They, they don't care who's in the playoffs uh, against who. 13 points in the playoffs, it's one of the biggest spreads that uh, we've ever seen it, like in playoff history. It might even be the biggest spread. Uh, like uh, that's, that's something we're going to have to go check out now. But generally, I feel like the Steelers cover the spread no problem. And because they're playing with – Phony baloney, monopoly money, and they have nothing to lose. I feel like the Chiefs could crack if this is a one-score game late because they're supposed to absolutely decimate this team. I know they're well-coached, but that's just a thought any athlete has in a close game that they're supposed to win hands down. And, of course, just playing the Steelers, it's going to be fresh in their mind that they just beat them down just a couple weeks ago. It should be a cakewalk for them. So if there's any sign of pushback and the Steelers, like I mentioned before, being hyper aggressive, I think the Steelers really do have a decent shot of winning this game. And because these picks aren't really official or anything, you're dang right. I'm going to ride with the Steelers. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers with a weird score. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers 18, a missed, a mixed, missed extra point with some extra field goals on top. Kansas city chiefs, 14. Weird score. Steelers progress. They go on to uh, take on the Tennessee Titans next week. Why not? Let's do it. I love that, man. I love it. You know, this is a game. Folks, if you've been listening to my Let's Ride podcast all season, even in the last year, you know I'm not going to pick against Pittsburgh. 13 points is absurd in the playoffs. It's Now, could the Chiefs go out and route the Steelers? Absolutely, they could. We just saw it a couple weeks ago. However, with that said, if the Steelers have a prayer of winning, and this is something that Dave Schofield mentioned in his Stat Geek podcast, the defense has to keep the Chiefs around 20. And I think that number, that's like that watermark. Keep them around 20. I think they do that. I think the Chiefs are going to come out red hot. The Steelers have to just weather the storm. Weather that first quarter rush that you know they're going to get. I think they're going to jump out to maybe a 14-0 lead. Everyone thinks they're going to run away with it, but the Steelers just keep hanging around. I think it was the NFL.com power rankings that labeled the Steelers as like the NFL zombies. They just don't go away. They keep coming back, looking for the next brain to eat. That's the Steelers team, and they battle their way back. And Chris Boswell, the man who won single-handedly, sent the Chiefs home in a playoff game, is going to do it again with a game-winning field goal to make the score of 23 to 21 
Ben Roethlisberger has a fourth quarter game winning uh, drive that results in a game winning touchdown by Christopher Lynn Boswell, 23, 21 Steelers win shock the world and get ready to go to Tennessee in the divisional round. Again, could it go the other way? Absolutely. Could they get blown out? No doubt about it. Will it happen? We will see, but Michael final thoughts before we let you go. Yeah. Ultimately this game, regardless of outcome, this is a young team that is in rebuild. This is going to help the future of this team because of this young core and offense. Like we'll see how, how many pieces uh, remain from the old line, but the receiving core and the running back and the tight end, like they're, they're like sophomores and, and rookies across the board. Like these games are going to help the future of this team. It's going to help them attract more free agents in the offseason. And they actually have money and holds to do so for one. So there's just so many factors for this team that actually making the playoffs is just going to help the future of this team as it is. But with that being said, it's still the playoffs. Like, don't write the Steelers off. Like, I I think it was Nick Wright who said uh, the Chiefs are are better off playing the Steelers than having a bye, which is just one of the most ridiculous and probably the worst sports take I've ever heard. And again, another one of those reasons why I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs overlooked the Steelers because that's just what the media is talking about. So I feel like there's a good chance that this isn't the last game the Steelers play. It's primetime football. It's the playoffs. If Ben Roethlisberger was ever going to have a a good game this year, I I wouldn't be surprised if he busts one out here in the playoffs once again. So don't write them off yet. This chapter might not be closed. A miracle run has happened before with them as the bottom seed. We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm just excited nonetheless to get a little bit more Pittsburgh Steelers football with just a month left in this season. Couldn't have said it better myself. Michael, it's been a great season. If this is the last week, if not, I look forward to still talking to you every Friday. For those that are listening, wondering if Michael's going to continue joining me, I'll have him on as long as he's willing to come on all throughout the off season as we get ready for free agency and everything. But Maybe just maybe next week we'll be talking about a divisional round game. We shall see. Michael, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Oh, no, thank you, Jeff. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Big thanks to Michael Beck, as always. It's always fun to have him on the show and get his take uh, on the Steelers. This is going to be a huge game, and I hope you're ready for it. I want to finish up with a heart-to-heart. So uh, for some reason on Spotify, uh, my message to my daughter, whose birthday was on Tuesday, got cut off. I wanted to wish her a happy birthday. Um Big, big shout out to her. She's she's a great, great kid. I could not have asked for a better child. And she's just because it's just such a it's so great to be able to watch her grow up. That's what I wanted to say there on Wednesday. Uh, But my heart to heart today is about what's very similar to what I talked about last Friday. The Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger have been synonymous with each other since 2004. And this relationship is going to end not on bad terms. Sooner or later, and I said this on Wednesday when I talked about Chet, the Rockets, Stedman, and one more, give me one more game. These these players, you can tell. If I listen to all of the interviews, uh, whether it's post-practice, post-game, doesn't matter. They want to win for Ben Roethlisberger. They really want to win for Ben Roethlisberger. So I hope that the Steelers can go out, put a good performance on the field, but from a fan's perspective, look, everyone, just enjoy this last game of Ben Roethlisberger if it is his last game. Hopefully, the Steelers can pull off a miracle win, defy the odds, and then they're going to Nashville next week. I mean, that would be phenomenal. But you just don't know. 
And so if this is the last game for Ben Roethlisberger, enjoy it. We never thought we'd be here in the first place. I said it last week. I think the Steelers are going to win, but I didn't think they'd get into the playoffs, and yet here we are talking about the playoffs. House money, as I said on Wednesday. So let's see what happens, but just sit back and enjoy it. Uh, I feel like all of us have kind of gotten our emotions out with Roethlisberger, meaning you think about the Monday night game, you think about the game in Week 18 in Baltimore. Now it just kind of feels like, all right, let's go out and let's just let's see what we can do. And I hope Roethlisberger feels that way too. I hope that Roethlisberger is like, okay, I've got the emotional stuff out of the way. You know, I've, I've gotten my last regular season game, my last home game, it's gone. I've done it. I want them both. We got into the playoffs. Now let's just go out there and see what kind of damage we can do. Let's go see and let's go do it. That's what I hope to see. All right, that does it for me, folks. I thank you for sticking with me this long. Uh, I hope that you have a great weekend. I hope that you're ready for Sunday night. I will be on the Sunday night post game. It's going to be late, but I'll be there. And then you'll have me back on Monday for winners and losers. So make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Steelers needs. should be your one-stop shop. And then also, wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, so that you don't miss a thing. In the meantime, folks, as I always finish my podcast, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Here we go, baby. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumbacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.